Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Money. Few words evoke as much emotion as that one. Whether it's related to how much or how little you make, spending versus saving, or the difference between how you and your significant other see it, money sparks a conversation and a reaction. So how do we approach it with the proper mindset? It's been said that money is a tool. Used properly, makes something beautiful. Used wrong, it makes a mess. Thankfully, we don't have to figure it all out on our own. We'll explore how that's true in our latest series, Dollars and Cents. Let's continue the upward journey. Good to have y'all here this morning, Upward Family. Great to see you this morning. Great to have our online crew with us today. Thank y'all for being here. Literally from all over the world, people are joining us here on the weekends to celebrate Jesus with us. It is so good to see you. I want to challenge you, first of all. I want to challenge you to find another church that has an 87-year-old on their praise and worship team. We love Beverly. Oh, goodness, and I happen to know she came to this church in large part because of the worship. She loved it, and now she's up here on stage worshiping at 87 years old. Right there she is. Give her a big hand this morning. Love her. Love her. We start a new series today called Dollars and Cents. We need to talk about money. Christians need to learn how to manage their money for the glory of Jesus to build his kingdom, to be an example to the rest of the world of how to live in crazy times. Now, we do live in crazy times. I've said that many, many times. The good news is the Hallmark movies are here. (laughs) Thank God that in this wonderful, difficult season, we can turn and look at a Hallmark movie and watch the girl marry the man of her dreams. And if you don't like it, you can turn over to the Lifetime channel and watch the girl murder the man of her dreams. (laughs) That whole lead-in was just so I could tell that joke there. I heard it this week, and I love it so much. Boy, don't we live in an up-and-down world, especially financially. The world is unstable right now financially. Things have changed in the last several years in our economy. Inflation just a couple years ago was 0.7%. Today, it's around 8.2%. And Americans are feeling the pain at the grocery store and the pain at the gas station. Can I get an amen? We're feeling squeezed economically. Just a few years back, a 30-year mortgage was under 3%. Now it's over 7%. The cost of child care for the American family right now is up 41% in the last three years to take care of your children. The average American household right now is $14,000 in credit card debt. That's the average American family. One of the things we're seeing as a crisis right here in our community is the need for affordable housing. It's a very big crisis right here in Henderson County for young families to be able to find affordable housing. One of the huge things going on right now is young families are finding themselves in a crisis when they can't make a rent payment or they can't make a mortgage payment. They haven't quit their job. Many of them haven't lost their job. They're just so tight that they need help for a month to make the rent payment or the mortgage payment to save their house. And so many agencies are calling out saying, can we get help to help these families in crisis with short-term housing assistance? Well, Upward, we're going to help. Every year, 
Every year we give away our Christmas offering, our biggest offering of the year. Every year we give it away. We don't keep one penny of it. We give it away. A couple years ago, it was like $140,000. Can't remember what it was last year. It was about 100000 at least last year, something like that. This year, we're partnering with Thrive. Thrive is in the mental health world and in the crisis world to help people with mental health issues and crisis housing. We're partnering with our partner Thrive, and we're giving every penny of the Christmas offering to families to provide crisis housing assistance. And we believe we're going to be able to help between 75 and 100 families this Christmas keep their homes and have a mortgage or a rent payment. Can you say thank God that we're able to be a part of that? I want you to be thinking about it now. I want you to be saving up now. And I want you to give the biggest offering you've given to Upward this year. I want you to give to that Christmas offering so that we can bless families in our community at Christmas. In the midst of financial uncertainty, I want to tell you this, and I want to say it courageously and without apology. In the midst of financial uncertainty, Jesus Christ is still Lord. He is still on the throne. He has not abdicated his leadership position. He is still in charge of what's going on down here. He's Lord over creation, and he knows where you are right now. And what I want to tell you this morning is that in the midst of financial uncertainty, God is calling us as a body of believers to rise up and be an example to this world how to live financially during uncertain times. We're part of the kingdom of God. We serve a king. We're subjects of the king. And if we are subjects of a kingdom that's different from the kingdom of this world, then our lives should be different. Our lives should stand out. I don't mean just the way you comb your hair, what clothes that you wear, where you go, where you don't go. I mean, your life should be distinct in all kinds of ways. And one of the ways we need to be distinct is how we handle money for the kingdom of God. The world should look at us and say they are different. Now today, I don't want to just touch your mind. I want to touch your heart. I'm going to put this in terms that are very unpopular in our world right now. We've got something contagious in the building today that I want you to catch That may not be the best way to talk to an audience in 2022, but I'm going to try it today. I want you to catch something today. I don't know if you're going to have a big aha moment and learn something you never learned. I don't know. Maybe you will. But I want to ask God to impart to us today a mindset and a heart of generosity. I want to allow God to set some of us free Some of us who our relationship with money has been based on fear. That our relationship with money going forward can be based on faith. I'm going to tell you this straight up today. With your money, you're either walking in fear right now or you're walking in faith. Your relationship with money can be a scary one. That every time you log on to the bank website to check your balance, there's a punch in your gut and you're thinking maybe there won't be enough and you're living and breathing fear in your finances or you've made a decision to walk in faith because you serve the king of the universe who owns everything that's on this earth including you 
you can make that shift in your life from fear with your finances to faith in your finances. What I want to do today and what we're doing as a church body is this. We are going to reject the scarcity mindset. Can everybody just stop right there and say that? We are going to what? Reject the scarcity mindset. We're going to kick that out of our lives forever. We're going to say goodbye to scarcity thinking. I had four yeses. (laughs) We're going to say goodbye to scarcity And we're going to embrace a mindset of generosity. That's what we're going to talk about today, how to reject the scarcity mindset and how to embrace a mindset of generosity. Let's look in Matthew chapter 25 at a beautiful parable that Jesus told. A master was going away on a trip, and he had three servants. And with each of these servants, he left them each a certain number of bags of money. To one, he gave five bags. To another, he gave two bags. And to one, he only gave one bag. And he left on a long trip. And after a long time, he came back to check on how they were managing what he had left them. And this story tells us so much. When we read this story, I want you to pick out the generosity mindset. And I want you to look at the scarcity mindset in this story. And we're going to learn how to live. Matthew chapter 25. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Everybody say, his property. That's important. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Say that, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Anybody seeing the generosity mindset right there? First guy gets five. At once he took what the master had given him and went and invested that. He didn't hang on to it. He didn't fret about it. He didn't fear about it. He took the master's money and went out into his world and began to invest it. And all of a sudden, look what happens. He gains five more. The second guy, he takes his two. He doesn't waste time complaining that the other guy got five. He didn't waste time comparing himself. He could have been like you and I sometimes. Well, why did I only get two and he got five? He didn't do that. He simply took what God had entrusted him with even though it was smaller than someone else. And he invested it, and guess what? He got exactly the same return. He doubled what he invested and brought it back to his master's kingdom. There is the generosity mindset. Lurking in this story, though, is the scarcity mindset that wants to trap your life. Here it is, you ready? But he who had received the one talent, poor guy, only got one. I'm just a little man. Little man can't get ahead in this world. I can't run with all the fat cats who have five bags. I'll never have anything. I'm no good. There it is. He who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Now after a long time, the master of these servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents, here's the generosity mindset, came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you've delivered me five talents here. I've made five talents more. Yes. How many know the master was happy with that? His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Anybody hearing something there? You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Yeah, you win. He also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here, and I've made two talents more. His master said virtually the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Anytime something's repeated in the Bible more than once, God wants you to get it. When you're faithful over little, God sets you over much. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, cue the bad music. Bum, 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 bum. That's terrible music. But uh. He also, who had received the one talent, came, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. First guy that makes a negative commentary on the master. These other guys are joyful. These other guys are doing what they're supposed to do. But this guy's saying, Master, you really, you cracked the whip on me. I know you're a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I was handling my talents. I was handling my money with fear. So, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what's yours. Master, I know you're hard. You, you, you cracked a whip. You're tough on me. And I was scared of what might happen to this that you gave me. And I didn't want to lose what you gave me. So I took and I buried a hole and I hid it in the ground. Now that you've come back, here is your investment in me, safe and sound, but just like it was. Anybody see a problem with that? Anybody seeing the scarcity mindset come out in this guy? But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At least put it in the bank for some interest. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So listen to this. The guy that tried his best to hang on to it lost it. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten. What? That guy started with more. And then when it's all said and done, I, rep- I, I protected the one that I had, and you're even going to take that one away and give it to the guy who has ten now. Verse 29, for everyone who has will more be given, and he will have and abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away man that's a powerful story right there let me tell you what the generous mindset looks like anybody ready to hear the generous mindset and what it looks like here's what and and people say this all the time i'm jumping ahead in the notes guys so just uh, try to stay with me here's what people say all the time i'll be generous one day when i get a raise You ever heard that? I'll be generous one day when I get a raise. 
I want you to hear and understand this. Generosity is not about income, it's about outlook. Don't you take that to the bank. Generosity is not about income, it's about outlook. If you're not generous now, you won't be generous then. I'll put the Lord first in my finances when I get to a point that I feel like I can afford it. You're never going to be able to afford it with that mindset. I'll bless somebody out there when I believe I can afford it. I'll buy somebody's groceries when I can't afford it. With that outlook, you're never going to be able to afford it. The generous mindset is about outlook. It's about unleashing your finances from fear and tying your finances to faith in God and being generous with what you have. That's the way to be blessed. That's what the Scripture said. I want to tell you a few things that generous people know. First of all, generous people know this. They know that every Everything belongs to God. They understand that. You read in this story, I highlighted it as we went through it. It said the master gave them his possessions. Do you understand that everything you have is God's? The Bible said the earth is, this earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything in it belongs to God. Your house, your furniture, your money, everything you have belongs to God. It's all His. And one day, you're going to depart this life and you're not going to carry anything materially with you. There'll be no possession you have. When we leave this earth, we all leave the same way. With nothing. Generous people understand that they don't have to pinch every penny because the pennies don't belong to them anyway. They understand this, that everything belongs to God, and they understand that they are simply a steward of what they have during their lifetime, and that they are called to manage what God puts in their hands for God's purposes to glorify Him, to bless their family, to bless other people. And they understand that as long as they manage things correctly for the Lord, that they will always have enough. I need some amens out here. Some of you scared to death to be generous. Because you think, "If if I give away what I've got, what will I have left? That's the devil talking. That's the enemy trying to rob you of really walking in God's blessing. Now you say, preacher, wait a minute. Are you preaching this prosperity gospel? There's some crazy gospels out there, and one of them is the prosperity gospel. In the prosperity gospel, the whole goal is to get rich. There's also a poverty gospel where the whole goal is to stay poor. I don't believe in either one of those. I don't believe Jesus saved me just to make me rich. And I don't believe Jesus gets glory out of us being broke. How are you going to help people with a housing crisis if you don't have anything? The kingdom gospel is like this. You walk into a grocery store, and you see a mom with a couple kids in front of you, and she's got out the calculator. How many in this room? I'm part of this crew. How many have ever been to the grocery store with a calculator? How many have ever had to put something back because you didn't have enough? Do you know that's, that's just so embarrassing? You're just like, oh, no. Oh, no. How many know Laura Lynn? She's a member of your family. Good old Laura Lynn. She's just at home in your family. Good old Laura. The kingdom gospel is this. 
you have enough when you're behind mom in the grocery store and she had to put something back that you've got enough in your bank account to say, whoa, whoa, I got this. Not just the things you put back, but everything in the cart. The kingdom mindset is this, that you have enough that when the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart to help somebody, that you do it boldly. And you walk in faith knowing that as you bless the kingdom and you bless people around you, that God will make sure you always have enough. And I'm going to tell you this. You can grab hold. All I've got in my hand is a cough drop this morning. So this is my illustration. Thank you all for this. You didn't know how this was going to pay off today. Precious lady gave me this. Pretend this is money. I got some money. I could have used that, but... You can pinch it and squeeze it and try to hang on to it all you want and, you, and it's going to go away. Or you can say, this is what God has put in my hand for this moment. And he's called me to do something with this right here. And if I do the right thing with this, he will take care of everything out there. Can I get an amen? Amen. If I do the right thing with what he's put in my hand, he will take care of tomorrow. The generous mindset knows this is all his anyway. It's all going back to him anyway. The generous mindset understands my role, our role, is stewards of it, not owners. The generous mindset understands this too. That God expects a return on his investment. And I don't get a return on God's investment for his kingdom when I take what's his and hide it. And store it. And pinch it. And protect it. The generous mindset says, I'm going to take this. And I'm going to put it in the kingdom. I'm going to invest it in the kingdom. I'm going to support the work of God. Need a few amens here. I'm going to bless people in my community. I'm going to give to missions around the world. I'm going to serve with this because I don't own it. And when I invest in the kingdom, it multiplies for the kingdom. And I'll live off the increase for the kingdom. Amen, amen, amen. Now, the scarcity mindset. Terrible mindset. The generosity mindset actually gets you more. There's nothing wrong with more. There's nothing wrong with more money. I said, there's nothing wrong with more money. I'm on the clock this morning, so y'all help me out. Nothing wrong with more money. Nothing wrong with getting a raise. Somebody say, hit me with it, Lord. Hit me with it. We need that, don't we? Some of us just need increase. The way to get increase is not to pinch. The way to get increase is to invest. You read this story. Everybody that took it and invested it doubled it for the kingdom and God gave them more to manage the scarcity mindset on the other hand this man 
said to the master. In case you hadn't figured this out in the story, the master, that's Jesus. We're the servants and we live in this world. He's away on a trip and he's coming back to see how well we steward what he left us. The guy that is walking in the scarcity mindset, master came back, the Lord came back, and said, what have you done with what I gave you? He said, well, master, first of all, I know you're a hard man. This guy really did not understand the heart of God. He really didn't. Any of you that view God as a hard man, you're not, you're not getting it. Maybe you've listened to an angry preacher, and they're out there everywhere. Maybe you've listened to a preacher who was so insecure that he had to make you insecure. Maybe you just listened to somebody that was so angry they want everybody to be angry. I just don't have time for that. Anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Remember that. Maybe somehow in your life you've been in church and you've been convinced that God was hard and he was trying to catch you doing something wrong. and It's almost like God was hoping you would fail. When I read this story, I see a master who wanted to give more to his servants. I see a master who delighted in giving more to his servants when they took what he placed in their hands and invested it well. I didn't see anything hard about this guy. He's like, yeah, you did what I called you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here's five more bags. Yes. But this guy, I knew you were a hard man. And I was afraid. I had to take stock of this in my own life. It's confession time, I guess. I had to take stock of this in my own life, and I realized my relationship with money was based on fear. I was always listening to the little voice that said, be careful, you're not going to have enough. Anybody? Thank God for this cough drop. It's just working for me this morning. I'll never have enough. This will slip out of my hands. I had a bad relationship with money. I said I was afraid I would lose what I had, so I hid it in the ground. Let me tell you what the scarcity mindset will do to you. It'll make you a hoarder. Your attic will be full and your basement will be full of stuff that you don't use anymore, but you're afraid to let it go because you might need it someday. Ding, 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 ding. Even I know that hit. I might need it. I'm afraid to let it go. Scarcity mindset will do that to you. You know what the scarcity mindset will do to you? It'll make you squeeze every penny out of everything rather than being generous out of it. So now you've got a table in your basement and you need to get rid of it. I don't want to be ugly here, but I do want to tell you something. You can list it on the social media marketplace if you want. And that is a toxic place. Have you been on there recently? People list something for sale and every, the wolves come out. Why are you asking that much for that? Ah, I ain't about to put something on there. You'll list that table you don't need for 50 bucks when there's a neighbor or a young family across the street that could really use that table. And you don't feel free enough to give it to them because you've got to squeeze that 25 bucks out of it. Friends, give that table away. 
get rid of that table. It's just in your way. You don't need it. And you don't need the 25 bucks. You need the blessing of generosity more than that 25 bucks. Because when you give that table away, God's going to send 100 back to you. Can I get an amen? Because he knows your generous heart. God doesn't bless us for us to fill the basement up. Oh, I'm running out of time, but I'm preaching good right now, so second service is going to have to wait. God doesn't bless us just to fill the bank account up. Somebody said this once to me, and I've never forgotten it. They said, if God can get it through you, He can get it to you. He'll get it to you if He can get it through you. He's not just going to keep up building up a big bank account that you have no intention of losing, of using. You know what the scarcity mindset will do to you? Oh, goodness, I'm preaching this morning. You won't even be able to enjoy what you have. People scrimp and save and hang on to it and scrimp and save and hang on to it, and they don't even feel free to go on vacation when they could afford to. They go on vacation and they're still pinching pennies over everything when they've got all kinds of wealth because they're afraid to let go of anything. Some of you just need a, oh goodness, that word just came to me, a purge. I I know what you're thinking, but you stopped up. (laughs) Oh goodness. That is not in the notes. That is not in the notes. That ain't going to make it to 11 o'clock either. That's one of those things say, nope, I'm not saying that again. <laughs> Dare I say financial laxative in your life. Yeah, we went there. Let's just wallow in it now, right? Um, you're just so stopped up. Maybe some of y'all giving away the stuff in the basement is the key to your freedom. Instead of trying to pinch everything, Scarcity mindset says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Generosity said, when I give, God takes care of me. When I give, God takes care of me. I want to tell you, i got to close. I'm over time now. I want to give you a scripture if you're afraid to hang on to, then I'm going to close with a story. Psalm 37, 25. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. And I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. God takes care of his children when they steward their finances to glorify him. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about this church right here. Now, this church for many, many years has been a generous church, many, many years. But God has worked on us, especially during the pandemic, to be a generous church in a big way. God changed this church in the pandemic. If you've heard me tell this before, you're going to hear me tell it again. And uh, it's such a powerful story of how we as a church embraced a generous mindset. Now, this church has always been wonderful. This church has always been stewarded well. I do want to recognize two people here today, and they'll be embarrassed that I do, but Robert and Willis are sitting right back there. Point at them, Kenny, because they won't raise their hand. Right back there sit Robert and Willis. When I came to this church, Robert and Ann were on the board. Ann was the treasurer, and her daughter Rhonda helped her so much. And 
And they, when I came to this church, one of the reasons I felt free to come is because the finances were managed so well from the very beginning. And uh, Robert and Ann are moving. They're going to be moving in a few weeks to be closer to children, and we're going to miss y'all so much. And I want to say publicly that this church owes y'all a debt of gratitude, and Alexa and I owe y'all a debt of gratitude for your leadership and your service and your love for this church for many, many years. Can we say thank you to them right now? I mean that. I mean that. I really mean that. Things have been managed well here for years. During the pandemic, God did something in our hearts. And this is what I want you to catch. We sat down at the beginning of the pandemic in April 2020. And we had applied for the PPP loan that the government was offering to help small businesses. And I'd like to say we were just so full of faith. I was a little scared. Walking in the pandemic, small businesses didn't know what they were going to do. The government was offering a loan that they would forgive, they said. And uh, we applied for it, and we got approved for it. We took it to a board meeting, and we were deciding, um, are we actually going to take this? And as we talked about that in the board meeting, we could not get comfortable with accepting it. A few of us said yes, a few of us said no. I didn't know what to say. I really didn't. We talked about it probably an hour trying to come to a consensus. Finally, we just said, hey, if we can't agree on it, let's not do it. And our board was like, yep, let's not do it. And one of our board members said, uh, he's not here today, but I remember it was uh, Frank Genest over here that said, Frank said, uh, love Frank, he said, God's going to take care of us. We don't need it. Now, I'm not saying against anybody who took it. If you or your small business took it or your church took it, whoever, I'm not saying anything against it. I simply know God led us to say no to it said, God's going to take care of us. So we were about to end the meeting on that high note when another board member, it was Wayne, Wayne popped up and said, uh, maybe God's calling us to something else. That's when I got a little nervous. Wayne said, maybe God's calling us to be generous in this time of crisis. And our whole board said, yep, that's it. It took about two seconds for every one of us to say, yep, that's God's voice. That's God speaking to us. So the board decided this. We had $270,000 in the emergency reserves, $270,000. That's not a huge reserve, but it's a reserve. We said this, let's give a tithe of it away. That's 10%. So we said over the next 90 days, the board sent us out, said, Greg, you and Andy are responsible over the next 90 days to give away $27,000 in Henderson County. It is the most fun I've ever had in ministry was the next 90 days. We started off, we bought $2,400 worth of donuts. If you've never bought $2,400 worth of donuts, I hope you get to do that one day. Oh, man, we had truckloads of donuts. We took them to first responders, took them to the sheriff's department, police department, we took them to schools, to fire departments, to all kinds of places. We showered Henderson County with donuts. We walked into restaurants and we were able to say, hey, we know your servers are hurting right now. Take this several hundred dollar check and split it up as a tip for all your servers. We did all kind of fun things. We had so much fun giving away $27,000. I'll we'll tell you what happened in that board meeting happened in this church. Generosity burst open in an incredible way. We were able to give almost $140,000 to pay off medical debts at Christmas. God opened the windows of heaven and he 
caused us as a body to embrace the spirit of generosity. I'm asking God that that spirit of generosity that's just on us corporately will get into your home. Can anybody say, I just want to invite that spirit of generosity over my checking account. Can I see your hands? We're not going to bow our heads either and close our eyes today. I want to invite that spirit over my house. I haven't even told you the results yet. You sure you want it? Let me tell you the results. I had, uh, I asked Greg and Bonnie to go back and check. I haven't really looked at this, but I said go back and check from April of 2020 to now. And let's see what God has done. Here's the deal. The emergency fund is back where it was. All that money came right back in. Offerings since April 2020 are up 60%. We just, we're almost finished with the bathroom remodel. And this was a big deal. When I tell you how much it cost, you're going to go, but it was a big deal, okay? I haven't been talking about this number very much, but we had to move a septic system, moved it from here to here. We're now septic right there. You really needed to know that, didn't you? So we can put a parking lot over here. Our cafe just opened up today, just kind of a soft opening today of the cafe there, really nice. In a couple weeks, all the new bathrooms will be open. We ran into some plumbing emergencies and problems that had been going on for years. We had the collapse of our porch out here a little bit. We've hit a few snags along the way. The total price tag for that whole remodel and everything was over $643,000. Everybody say, ooh. Now get ready. We paid cash for it. We're not in debt one penny. And I tell you the commitment we've made as a board as well. We're going to build a new building. We're talking about opening up a new campus in Mills River. We're talking about building a new building out here. We've committed as a board. We've driven a stake in the ground and said we're moving forward debt-free. We could go to the bank and we could go borrow the money. The bank would lend us the money. We've got great credit. For many years we've had it. But you know what we said? We want to be an example of what Jesus can do with generosity. So we're going to build it debt-free. We don't want to have a payment hanging over our head that we can't stay generous with our community. So we're going to build it and be generous at the same time. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me right now? Stand with me. And if you want to invite this same generous spirit into your household, would you just lift your hands right now? Would you lift your hands up high? Father, this is your blessing right now. I bless your people right now with the same spirit of generosity that you're working in this body that you're doing corporately. Lord, I bless your people with that right now in the glorious and mighty name of Jesus Christ. We receive it today in your mighty name. Take away the, I reject, can you just say it? I reject the mindset of scarcity. I cast it out of my life and I welcome the spirit of generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember the days, um, talk about Robert and Ann back there, they would remember that the day when we celebrated big time. We had almost a party when the giving was over 100000 for the year. I remember those days right here in this place. Uh, when it passed 100000 for the year, it was an incredible time. 
and our budget next year is going to be over $2 million. And incredible what God's done. By the way, I got corrected backstage. Greg came back and told me, said, you forgot the whole lobby expansion and all that. It was just over 700. Still paid in cash, every bit of it. Amen. Amen. God's good. God's good. Father, thank you for the blessing of generosity. We embrace it fully today. I send you out and commission you to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Take Jesus to your world. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.